Welcome to episode 5 of the Walk Run Podcast. Today, I welcome Brother Marcus Baptiste. I've seen him preach many times recently, and he's a very powerful and passionate man of God. We cover his background, ethics when preaching at another church, and how to connect with the people properly. Tune in to my wonderful conversation with Brother Marcus Baptiste. Welcome uh, to the Walk Run Podcast, uh, Brother Baptiste. It's such a privilege to have you here, and I'm so excited to get to learn from your experiences. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good, really good. It's definitely an honor uh, to be on your podcast. Um, it's actually pretty cool. First time I'm doing a podcast um, uh, via Zencaster. So uh, actually, the, the clarity and sound is pretty impressive. So, Well, thank you. It's uh, um, it's tools of the trade i guess trying to figure out what works best and what works on a budget <laughs> at this point <laughs> in uh this project that i'm doing um it works great and i'm so happy that i have the opportunity to do this with ministers all uh, around the country i've done uh, so many wonderful people and they've shared great information with us um, i wanted to go ahead and start off and you start from the very beginning so we all know all people that are listening know you to some extent and can build up as we learn more about you and your experiences. So were you raised in church? And if you weren't, what is your testimony and how has it shaped you? Yeah, no, uh, awesome question. So I'm raised uh, in truth, I should say. Uh, kind of my background is is uh, I, I was I'm trying to think around the age, probably six or seven, uh, when I was introduced to uh, an Assemblies of God Church, it was a Haitian Assemblies of God Church specifically, and uh, that was my first experience with Pentecostalism. And so they gave me my first exposure to uh, the moving of the Spirit, uh, first time seeing people uh, being empowered by God's presence uh, and uh, seeing uh, just God work uh, on a level uh, that was very uh, almost tang- tangible, but also uh, experience oriented. And so uh, kind of moving past from that, I left New York when I was I was 12, uh, grew up 45 minutes outside of Manhattan, um, left New York when I was 12 and I moved to Central Florida, uh, where my dad uh, resided and uh, kind of straight away from my, uh, my Christian uh, background. And I was just trying to figure things out. I was just a 12-year-old. Uh, around uh, around 13, 14 years old, the Lord put uh, hunger in me to um, to find uh, that uh, that prior experience that I had seen growing up. And so uh, I began to search the scriptures. And when I went through the book of Acts, I saw that when people received the Holy Ghost, they spoke in tongues. And I connected that to um, my experience uh as uh, a child, uh, when I saw people being moved on by God. And so, uh, what I studied and what I saw, uh, uh, both came together and brought me to the conclusion that, uh, what I was needing in life was, um, uh, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And so, uh, that led me on a quest to find a church, uh, or a minister or really what, or who, whoever, uh, that could, uh, help, uh, just facilitate that experience. And to make the long story short, uh, that landed me at the Pentecostals of the land uh, under the leadership um, and tutelage of my pastor, Pastor Glenn Hires, and he's been a spiritual father to me. And um, I've been here ever since, been here ever since. 
That's good. So when you got to that church, how did you fit in? How did you, where did you go? Did you go straight in? Are you the kind of guy that tries to find a place to work? Or did you slowly find your place in your, kind of like your your niche or whatever, to get in and position yourself for what you God needed you to do? Yeah, so um, kind of for me, uh, it was a little different. Um, it was a little different just because uh, the Lord really privileged me to have a hunger uh, when I uh, when I got into church. Um, I try to push up against the notion of being raised in church um, because no one's raised in church. Uh, uh, the church is a spiritual entity. It's not it's not necessarily a building. And uh, the big reason why I push up against that is because I know a lot of people who are quote unquote raised in church. And what we mean by that is, is that they grew up on a church pew. Uh, uh, but when uh, it that phrase almost limits their own conversion experience. Um, and at some point along the way, you had to you had to be purchased into the church. You had to be bought into the church. You had to be washed and filled into the church. Uh, uh, it took the same blood. So um, when I came in, uh, there was a lot. Um, my youth group at the time uh, was uh, the, the predominant makeup was people who were raised uh Raising on the pew. And so um, when I got here, uh, the culture was a lot different than kind of what I was used to. Um, for those of you guys that uh, don't know, I, I don't know if you would, you know, well, for those of you guys that don't know, uh, I'm black. And so <laughs> uh, I'm black. Uh, I, I just left. It was three years uh, removed from a very predominantly Haitian community. That's my background. Mm -hmm. uh, Spring Valley, New York. Uh, when I was growing up, there was predominantly Haitians. A lot of people that I went to school with were Haitian. Uh, our teachers were Haitians. I mean, there was just it was a very strong Haitian culture. So um, that was, and I went to a Haitian church. So I, I have I have that being brought into my background. And then um, when I came to to land. Uh, the church was uh, was uh, they embraced uh, multiculturalism, but um, it was predominantly white. And given the demographic, that would make sense for it to be so. Uh, uh, given the demographic of our city, so uh, when I came in, the culture was very different. It was a very different feel, very different vibe. Uh, the music that they sang was very different. All that was very different. But I, mm -hmm. what I can't say, I still remember the first time I walked in. Um, although people uh, didn't look like me, um, even beyond. Uh, on the beyond the level of race, just in terms of what I was accustomed to seeing in in church. Obviously, our holiness standards gives us a a, a variance in a, in appearance than other uh, church uh, organizations. Um, mm -hmm. When I walked in, the first thing that caught my attention was like as the service got started. Uh, I still remember as a young guy. Uh, on the pew, he starts speaking in tongues. He's praying, just worshiping God. He starts speaking in tongues, just praying in the Holy Ghost. Remember that that drew my attention, and I knew like this is where I needed to be. And so I kind of just, I kind of just made my way in. Um, hunger really defined me, and so wherever where, wherever there was an opportunity, if the church doors were open, if there was something going on, um, I was I was constantly there. Um, I was just, I really was, I was, I was driven by hunger. I don't know how else to say that I was driven by hunger and I really thank God for that. Mm -hmm. uh, I, hunger is a blessing. Um, and it's a privilege and it's a gift. Um, and, uh, I was, I was privileged to have that blessing, that gift. And so wherever, wherever I, I could fit, I, I, I tried to, so I Bible quizzed a little bit, um, was actively involved in teaching Bible studies in high school. So I did a lot of that. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I, I sang a little bit on the praise team a little bit, but I'm not a 
great singer, not really a singer at all, but I, I did that. I think I played the drums before I left to go to Bible school a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I did everything. I remember one moment, just to kind of share a story. I remember one moment, um, you know, because uh, I listened to a lot of preaching. I, I listened to a lot of preaching. I probably, I've, I've, I went a few years ago, I tried to add up how many sermons I've probably listened to just because I spent most of my time. I didn't listen to a lot of music when I first got in church. I just listened to a lot of messages. Um, I, I mean, it's upwards in the ballpark of like 7,000, 7,000 messages. Um, wow. And so I listened to a lot of preaching. I, I probably three, four, five, six sermons a day uh, that would just consume. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of slowed down, but when I first got in church, I listened to a lot of preaching. And uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the preaching that I listened to was, uh, you know, stuff about, you know, being used of God and, you know, making yourself available. And, you know, preachers would always talk about having a servant's heart and like cleaning the church and picking up a broom before you pick up a mic. Well, you know, I took that to heart. And the issue is, is that we have, uh, we have, uh, we have some people at the church that have given themselves over to, um, that ministry already. And, um, they do a phenomenal job of, 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 of taking care of, you know, uh, the aesthetics of the church and upkeeping and things of that nature. So, um, it was really hard because like there was never trash to take out or like whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever I had the opportunity to, I would like try, you know, I would feel so thankful whenever like, you know, I was able to get to the trash before they did. Uh, and I remember one time, yeah. like, you know, I was listening to this message and I was all fired up and I don't know how I got to the church, but I got to the church because I didn't have a car. I don't remember how I got to the church. I got the church and I was just so burdened, you know, just burdened to do something for the Lord. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you know, I'm going to clean the church, you know, and you know, yeah. I was just so ready to be used of God. And I got there and there was nobody there. There was nobody there. So the church was locked and I couldn't get in. And I'm just sitting there. Mm. And like I'm all I'm almost on the verge of tears. I was just I was just I was just wanting to do something for God. And this preacher was like, you know, you know, cleaning the church, you know, the Lord, you know, start with a broom, whatever. <laughs> you, know, you know, before the Lord can trust you with miracles, let him trust you with, you know, you know, uh, I don't know, sanitizing the pews or whatever else. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody there, so I can't get in. So I'm sitting there outside. And uh I was just, you know, I was frustrated, but I was really sad at the same time. And I remember I was walking around and I don't know who the jerk was, but somebody had taken a whole bunch of sunflower seeds and was chewing on them and like spit them out everywhere. And I remember just sitting there and I was like, you know, Lord, I can't clean inside. So I spent like the next hour, hour and a half just walking around the parking lot, picking up sunflower seeds. And I remember as I was picking them up, I was telling God, I was like, God, you know, and I was just really zealous at the time. I was probably like 16 I was like, God, like, let, let every sunflower seed that I pick up, like, be an encounter that I have with an, with an angel. You know, let it be an encounter that I have with mm-hmm. you in a prayer meeting. And, you know, I look back on those moments, and I'm really thankful for those moments because, you know, it kept me, it kept me broken, but it kept me hungry. Um, and, and those are trades that, those, those, those are trademarks that, um, that as, uh, as a minister, um, as, as humbling as it is to say that, but as a minister, that I, I think we need to keep close to our hearts is a sense of humility and, and a sense of hunger for, for God and the things of God. So, um, you know, it makes a long story short, you know, wherever I was, I was able to be used, whatever I could do, um, I tried to put my hands to it. I, I didn't do it the best, but, you know, maybe I wasn't the greatest, but I tried to do. I, I, I like, I really like um, your mindset going into that. And a couple episodes back, I interviewed my youth pastor, uh, Pastor Donnie Ellis, and he was talking about um, always trying to be available. Uh, I can't remember yeah. if he said this at all, uh, word for word, but he's talking about 
uh, your greatest abilities, your availability, and just trying to yeah. find that spot where you can do something. Uh, and I love stories like that where people are just so willing and so hungry to work. And I've been there where um, you're trying to do some work and there's nothing to do. And you're just like, wow, I can't. I, I, where, where am I, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I can't help out. There's not much to do. But I've been there and it's always important to find what you can do, like you, like you just mentioned, to help your church and in turn help the kingdom of God. Yeah. Um, it may, uh, pick, picking up sunflower seeds may not save souls, but it helps the church. And that's one less thing the church has to worry about. And in turn, it, it will affect the kingdom and grow the kingdom. Um, so you did mention you went to Bible college. If you don't yes, mind, sir. could you mention um, where you went and how that um, has steered your ministry in your life? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was 17 years old when I graduated high school. Uh, it's just mm-hmm. due to when my birthday uh, starts. Um, sorry, uh, when my birthday starts in comparison to when school begins. Uh, when my birthday okay. falls in comparison to when school starts is what I'm attempting to say. Um, I did a year at ABI. I was at ABI uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota for a year. And um, I learned a lot of good things there. I learned a lot of good things there. Um, I'm surprised that they kept me there for a year because I was a knucklehead. Uh, <laughs> I was a two I was two and a half years in the church and uh, just really hungry. Just had a lot of zeal and uh, sometimes not a lot of wisdom, uh, but uh, they were very kind to me. Uh, Brother Gramps, Pastor Grant, I should say, uh, was extremely kind to me. And he gave, actually gave offered me a job on campus, which uh, was extremely beneficial because I got, got the chance to spend time around a lot of the staff. And uh, being so young and not having a vehicle, um, it was it was work that I was able to do. So uh, very thankful uh, for the time there. Uh, after my time at ABI, I transferred over to CLC, uh, Christian Life College in Stockton, California. And uh, my plan was only to do a year there, but I spent four years there, uh, which which okay. was the will of God for me. And uh, CLC was really my second conversion. That's that's the best way that I can explain it. Um, it it it. I mean, it just it really it was life altering, life uh, life shaping. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, it was, it was just, and so that's why I call it my second conversion because it really shaped, recreated and changed, uh, my identity. Um, and so uh, my time at CLC was, was filled, uh, with a lot of, uh, the establishment of spiritual infrastructure. Um, I learned a lot about prayer, um, fasting, uh, and, uh, just, uh, just, uh, spiritual disciplines. Uh, ABI taught me a lot about character and work ethic. Um, uh, there are, there's some of the, mm-hmm. some of the hardest working people you ever meet, uh, some of the kindest oh, people wow. you ever meet, uh, just taught me a lot about character. Uh, but CLC taught me a lot, taught me a lot about the functions of the kingdom, the functions of the kingdom. And, and so, um, a lot, a lot of my DNA, uh, spiritual DNA is, is, is the product of my time at CLC. And so, um, you know, uh, it was just a very intense, uh, school spiritually, uh, Pastor Haney, um, is, uh, as I, in my opinion, he's one of the most underrated, uh, theological minds. Uh, he, uh, he's, I mean, the depth of his teaching, um, and his scriptural knowledge, uh, I don't, I don't think is, is highlighted as much as it probably should be. But, uh, even though that is there, um, his, uh, spiritual hunger is, uh, is so contagious and, um, and, and it, it, it permeates throughout the whole institution, the school, the college, and uh, sorry, the school, the church, and um, the high school there. And so, um, you know, my four years there, 
uh, really the Lord bur the hunger for ministry, uh, really established my call there. I saw what I wanted to do, what he was wanting me to do, things that he had placed in me. I learned how to pray at CLC, I learned how to get a hold of God more specific, more specifically. Uh, I learned love for the word of God. I learned how to study uh, there, uh, made connections, lifelong friends. Uh, I built those there, built a lot of altars there. And so CLC, uh, really, really was uh, was foundational uh, for uh, you know uh, my time after Bible college. Uh, I, I wouldn't be where I am now um, without some of the things that they. I, and it's not even where I am. I shouldn't even say that. I wouldn't be who I am now without some of the things that they put inside of me. And so, um, just that love for truth, uh, uh, a burden for the kingdom, um, and uh, a hunger for the things of God. Well, that's always great to have leadership that will that is has their passion that's contagious and will move you forward and will yeah. aid you in your in your growth. That's always a plus and in most cases it's needed in order to stay saved and be powerful and be used. Um, where would we be without our leaders? I, that's not a question that's not a question I want to see the answer to. I just wanna know yeah. that I always have leaders in my in my life that will guide me and uh, put me in the right place and point me in the right direction. Um, so we're going to move um, away from your life in terms of where you got where you are now and do more of a, a move in a linear direction, I could say. So I know there's courtesy moving church to church, and some people may not know it from common sense, but eventually it becomes common sense once you preach out often enough and... So what are important things that you should do when preaching out, like common courtesy or possibly something you've learned early on that new ministers may not know just from common sense? Like, for example, what is the first thing you do when asked to preach and when you first walk into that uh, pastor's church? Okay. So, yeah. So um, so I'm going to relate that to kind of the first few times that I preached out, not as a full-time evangelist, because uh, some some of those things are kind of unique. So uh, uh, they're, they're, they're unique to... Uh, this, the place you are in ministry. So uh, just kind of preaching out, um, obviously you want to make sure that your pastor is aware um, where you're going. Um, and we're, I'm just to verify, we're just talking about ethics when it comes to preaching out, correct? Uh, yes. Just okay. any, or anything that you want to add that maybe I didn't mention, just in general. Um, some people I've, I've like seen because I've worked, I've armor bared before and I've worked with yeah. media. I've, I've, you know, gotten notes from ministers and you can tell there's some things that just sitting on a pew, you wouldn't notice that happens uh, in the back, in, in the office and stuff like that. It's just common courtesy when you are, like, like you said, ethics and stuff that you okay. want to use and have for when you're preaching out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So yeah. So obviously make sure your pastor knows. Um, uh, yeah, definitely make sure your pastor knows that's, 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 that's very important. Uh, when you get there, um, this is something that I think is very crucial, but, uh, uh, your, your, your role as a minister, especially when a visiting minister, um, is to function as a connector. You are a connector. You are a connecting point from God to the church, the church to God, but never forget you are a connecting point from the church or the pew to the pulpit. Okay. So God to the church, the church to God and the pew to the pulpit. Um, I've never understood. I mean, we kind of just do it. I, I think some of me at one point just thought that we did it out of tradition to honor the man of God behind the pulpit. But 
There's a reason for doing that because you're attempting to connect the sheep to the shepherd. Uh, and that's very important because you will have, you will have uh, impact then and there. But uh, if that impact is going to be sustained, they have to be connected to a more uh, established source. And that's the shepherd in that church, you know, so, um, uh, honoring, honoring the pastor isn't something we do out of formality. Uh, there is, uh, there is, uh, there is, uh, it's, 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 it's for, it's for, uh, it's for effect that goes beyond your time there. Uh, because if they're not connected to the man of God, um, whatever you tell them, uh, it's, 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 it's not going to be, it's not going to have, uh, it's not going to have fruit. Uh, or it's not going to have a fruit that's sustained, I should say. So that's one thing. Uh, it's kind of kind of off the cuff stuff, stuff that I, you know, other guys taught me, and I remember uh, just kind of long story short um, with dealing with saints. Um, obviously, you you want to watch how you interact with saints when when you're going there. You're not their pastor. Uh, you're 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 a visiting minister, and so you want to make sure that you respect that. Um, there's some information that sh- should never be uh, 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 divulged to you. Uh, there's some things that should never, uh, conversations that should never be engaged. Uh, if you're a single young man uh, in uh, the place uh, that, uh, um, yeah, if you're a single young man, let's just say that, uh, you want to be careful about how you conduct yourself with uh with uh, other people, especially people of the opposite sex, with women, uh, you, you want to consider that times times on the altar. You want to be, you know, cautious of that. Um, uh, yeah, treat guests with respect. Um, remember that 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 treat guests mm-hmm. with respect, um, and never beat the sheep. Never beat the sheep. That is not your role. That is not your role. Um, it is not your role. Don't beat the sheep and treat guests with respect. Um, you know, as an evangelist, you know, I do try to put an emphasis on praying people through to the Holy Ghost. Uh, but um, I want to be I want to be cautious and aware of the fact that uh, this is somebody's guest. Right. That somebody has possibly has been working with this person for years, um, has been uh, trying to be a witness, has been trying to uh, has been trying to show them love and has been sitting down with them in times of grief. And maybe this is their first time that they've gotten them to show up to the church. I want to be considerate of that. And I want to treat those guests with respect. You know, I want to I want to be considerate of the fact that that their mind is completely blown right now, that they've never seen someone run in church or jump up and down or what we call dancing, but to them just looks like a, you know, a, a war hoop, you know, whatever the case may be. I want to be mm-hmm. mindful of that. And so a lot of times what I'll do is after the altar call is done, and, and this is kind of something I've just learned from my pastor and seeing how he does things is, you know, after I've done scared all the guests in the building from how I preached and what I preached and what we did after we preached, <laughs> the first thing I'll do is, is I'll, 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 I'll make a beeline almost to all the guests that I can find people that I can tell, you know, don't come here often. And I'll just shake their hand and smile at them and uh, just just try to have a quick conversation and thank them for being there. And, you know, um, if they came to the altar and prayed and I saw them wept, you know, I'll, I'll tell them, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll just encourage them to continue to facilitate those experiences and tell them, you know, it was, you know, God was just moving all over you. They, they don't know what was going on. They don't know what's happening. If they received the Holy Ghost, I'll go to them and be like, congratulations. I'll explain to them, you know, this is just, this is just, a, this is just a new beginning for you. God's in you now. You have a spiritual father. If they've been baptized, I'll mm-hmm. congratulate them and 
you know, just, you know, spend a second or two talking about, you know, the power of having the blood over them. But I want to, I want to connect with the guests. I want to, I want to respect and honor the guests that are there. Um, so, so, so I would say that also, I would also say, um, you know, a lot of times you go to church, a saint will bless you financially. They'll walk up to you, maybe put a little cash in your hands, write you a check, whatever the case may be. Um, if that ever happens to you, always let the pastor know, always let the pastor know. Um, there's various reasons on why you should, but out of respect, let the pastor know, hey, there was a sister in the church. She gave me a $20 bill. There was a sister, there was a brother in the church. He gave me, you know, a $50 bill. And a lot of times the pastor doesn't have any issue with that, but it's just respectful for you to allow, for you to let the pastor know. And that's just kind of how I was taught that, you know, a saint to do that. You know, any connection that I have with the sheep, I want the shepherd to know. Um, I do not um, when, you know, sometimes young guys, uh, especially, or uh, sometimes it's older guys, whatever the case may be, or Sometimes it's a it's a it's an older lady in the church who who maybe she has I mean, I've had situations where she has a son um, that's backslidden and she wants me to connect with the son or you know her husband's not doing well and she you know and so uh, they want to exchange numbers. Well, um, I do not engage um, in exchanging contact information without. Uh, the pastor knowing. And a lot of times what I'll say is, is, you know what, that sounds great. You know, I would, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I would want to help as, as much as I possibly can. Why don't you go ahead and talk to your pastor about that? And if he's okay with it, he'll give you my number. And what that does is that it limits the, it limits, uh, it limits any, uh, any exchange that, uh, would happen that maybe the pastor wouldn't like to happen. I don't know their spiritual state. I don't need to know their spiritual state, wherever the, uh, the context of their situation might be. By deferring to the pastor, you're always going to uh, be in a safe zone. So if I take the number of a young guy, maybe the young guy's struggling, he comes to talk to me at the altar. It's like, hey, can I have your number? Can I talk to you? Um, most of the time, I will tell him, you know what, listen, I, and I, I generally mean, I would tell him, listen, I, you know, I, I want to help, uh, you know, I'd love to help. It'd be a privilege for me. And cause it really is. Uh, but why don't you ask your pastor and if he's okay with it, man, grab my number and shoot me a text. And so those are just kind of like the ethical things that sometimes I guess you don't necessarily always consider, but you should pride, at least in my opinion, you should practice if you're going to a church to visit. So I hope that was kind of along the lines of some of the things you were, you were wanting me to uh, talk about. That was a perfect answer. That's exactly what I was asking for because uh, one or two things I didn't know, and a lot of it is common courtesy. That is com- mostly common sense, but um, some of it I didn't know personally. And I've been doing. I've been in church for a long time. Um, I'm tr- I'm trying to uh, refrain now. Now that I've learned from saying raised in church, but um, <laughs> I've 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 been involved with ministers maybe not preaching but i've helped them from getting water from personally talking to them trying to if they need anything and so i've picked up on some of the things that you that you've mentioned but not all and that was very helpful to me and i hope it's very helpful to many more people uh i had written down uh what you do when you're working the altars and i think you've already covered that perfectly of talking about praying for people and connecting with them after or how you should connect with them after um, and I had that. That was a perfect answer. You already read my mind. You knew where I was going with it. Um, and I'm so thankful for that. Uh, personally, I am an organizer. I like organizing. I like things that look nice. Yeah. And even though I'm a terrible note taker, like right now I have my notes written down for you, uh, the questions that I like to ask. But in terms of school, anything beyond uh, like writing down notes, I'm miserable at. But in terms of 
putting stuff in boxes and organizing. I love organizing. Yeah. So do you have any uh, cool tips for if you're if you want to share uh, your personal notes? Because I know or at or for preaching. Because I know some people will paragraph. I've seen people bullet point. I've seen people color code. And I think personally, I do this podcast because I pref- I like other people's opinions and I like learning from their opinions. So what what's some cool things that you've learned? Uh, that you picked up on that helps you because I know it it can be hard to find where you're at if you step off the pulpit on and, and you and you go on a, on a down a rabbit trail and you come back you don't know where you're at so do you do you not have notes do you color code does it does it come like however or or what do you do personally that maybe somebody else could learn and take that strategy into their note taking yeah so uh, I'm a little different when it comes to notes um, uh, so uh, I would uh, most of the times that I preach, I'm actually not preaching from a set of notes. Now people get uh, people get a little concerned when I say that because they conflate not preaching with notes to not studying, and they're not they're not synonymous. <laughs> so so I study, but I don't preach with notes most of the time. Now uh, a lot of the messages that I that I have preached, I have notes for them, um, but um, most of the time I'm not preaching with notes. Even if I have notes in front of me. Uh, you know, you'll see that I'll get out, I'll walk the pews or whatever the case may be because of the role that I played. And, and I think a lot of times it's dictated by the body. Like, you know, my pastor, for example, he preaches from a manuscript. So he reads, um, uh, he reads a lot of what he's preaching. Um, and he'll have bullet points on when he can veer off, but, um, he's very aware of, of what's going to be said, how it's going to be said and what's, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I mean, he's a tremendous preacher and teacher when, you know, uh, one of my favorite and, um, but uh, for me, uh, that's that's a little difficult for me, just because I actually struggle when I have notes, and a, a lot of that, a lot of that is, I, I believe it's 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 because I'm trying to I'm trying to uh, I see ministry as a conversation whenever I'm ministering. Um, it's God speaking to His people, but there's also a response from the people back to God. There's just this flow. Um, best way I can explain. It, I remember one time uh, I was in, uh, well, it doesn't matter where, but I was in a youth service. And uh, I had some notes and I'm, I was ministering and it was real calm, wasn't really preaching hard. It was really more like teaching. And uh, I kept on at random, like I kept on jumping off of what I was talking about. And I was I was responding to these. I knew I was responding to I've gotten, I've gotten used to it. I, knew I was responding to a question and I would, you know, jump off what I was saying. And I would just I would say, you know, and by the way, you know, I would and I would kept on doing it, kept on doing it, kept on doing it. And uh you know, I, this was kind of this was kind of in the beginning stages. So I was still learning a lot, uh, and you know, it was a day later that I was talking to uh, a sister in the church, and she said, "You know, the craziest thing happened. You know, my son brought a guest to that youth service who wasn't a believer, and um, every single time you would say something, he would try to rebuttal to my son silently, and every single time he did that, you would pause and answer his rebuttal, and um, it was then that I learned why because that." Those moments would happen often that I would, and I would call it getting sidetracked, but really it was the Lord, you know, he was, he was responding. And so, um, I like that free range of motion that, you know, almost not preaching from notes gives because it allows me just to, it allows me not to worry about the notes, but to worry about what God's trying to say, where he's trying to go, what needs to happen. Um, and I'm not, I don't, I don't feel restricted to those. And now that doesn't mean if you preach from a manuscript or you preach with notes that you're restricted. I know some people have that opinion. I'm personally not of that opinion. Um, 
uh, I believe that if you preach with notes, it could be just as inspired um, as if you preach with no notes. I don't think it makes you uh, less studious if you preach without notes. I don't think it makes you less spiritual um, if you preach with notes. Um, you have to find the flow that the Lord uses for you. So that's kind of my flow. Um, you know, I've had, you know, I've been in, I've been in services where I thought I was preaching one text, you know, and I had my notes ready. And when I got to the pulpit, the Lord put a scripture to my, that I've never preached before. I've never been straight on the subject, but um, mm. it's, 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 by the grace of God, it's spared people spiritually. Um, it's, it's, it's mended people, it's healed people. Um, and so, um, I'm, uh, I've, I've learned that your primary responsibility when you step behind that pulpit, when you step behind that sacred desk, is to allow a flow. You, you have nothing worth saying that can ever change them, that can ever affect them if it's not from God. And just because you got it from the word of God, that does not mean it's from God. The Pharisees had a lot of principles and concepts that they took from the word of God, but it wasn't, or that they took out of the word of God, but it wasn't from God. So make sure that it's, that it's something that the Lord has uh, dealt with you. It's something the Lord has led you. And I've seen my pastor, you know, who um, his, 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 his methods in preaching is a lot more different than my method in preaching. Um, but I've seen him minister to people. I've seen him be able to, you know, and I think it's almost cool because there's some stuff that he's ministered on that I've seen that's affected me. Um, and I know that, you know, he didn't just, he didn't write that down this morning, but you know, the Lord gave it to him while he was praying, while he was studying. And so, um, that's that's kind of how I do it. Um, I'm just more comfortable there. So um, a lot of my preaching notes wouldn't help a lot of people, um, and and so <laughs> but that's just it's that's just it's just work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've 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 come in uh, contact with that and a few people. I'm um, saying it helps them flow better, and I think that can help. You may feel like you didn't give somebody like saying color code it or paragraph it, but I think that may give someone the idea and the courage or the boldness or whatever you want to call it to go without notes and know that that is a way to do it and that there is more than one way to do it and i think that helps encourage people to be more creative instead of thinking that they have to do it just like their pastor even though you want to obviously be okay with your pastor but you or just a few preachers that you've seen preach in your life that you can there's more than one way of doing something um so I think what you said, uh, you may like I don't. Uh, I think you mentioned that it may not be what someone asked or or wanted to hear, but I think it will help someone. Hopefully, that's the goal yeah. here. Um, so, <laughs> actually, I called you the other day, and though you were on the road, you were on the road preaching. Um, what is life like when you are traveling, of go, go bouncing from church to church, maybe going. Uh, a certain period of time without having your past preaching to you and yeah. so what is, what is it like traveling and how do you cope with um, being away for an extended period of time yeah so uh, so I'm in a different boat just because of my background so I moved a lot I moved around a lot uh, when I was a kid um, and yeah I just, I've, I've just moved around a lot so uh, growing up so uh, I'm very acquainted with uh, goodbyes. And I think uh, the hardest part that people find evangelizing is that uh, you lose that sense of consistency. You know, I know people that, you know, like they've lived in the same house their whole life. Like, you know, they've gone to the same, you know, uh, they've gone, they've been through the same uh, school county their whole life. I mean, they've just, 
you know, I mean, <laughs> and that stability is great. And I, I, you know, actually I would say it's ideal. Um, but you know, I guess I was quote unquote blessed for dysfunction <laughs> that prepared me for the evangelistic field. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, traveling's different. Um, you spend a lot of time away from your family, depending, you know, some people fly a lot, some people drive a lot. Um, uh, there's some seasons where I'm flying a lot. There's some seasons where I'm driving a lot, but, um, I am away from my family a lot. I am away from, uh, my home church. I don't spend a lot of time at home. Um, if I can get, you know, two Sunday mornings in a year at home that I'm not preaching, uh, that's, you know, that's a blessing. So, um, so, uh, usually it's like a Wednesday that I can get, you know, when I'm, I'm at home and I appreciate that, you know, with Corona that adjusted mm-hmm. things. And I was actually appreciative for that because I got the chance to spend more time with my pastor and sit under his uh, ministry a little bit, uh, more than I'm used to. So, um, I've just kind of adjusted to it. Uh, some of the things that are different, I'm trying to think things if you're coming from, you know, just kind of being steady to always being on the road. Uh, scheduling is very hard. Uh, scheduling is very hard because usually people schedule around times. I schedule events. So um, I don't focus on time slots as much as I focus on things that have to get done. So because I can't say, well, OK, well, at three o'clock today, every week I'm doing this, you know, whereas most people can say that they can say, well, like at three on Tuesdays, we have family time. We're like at one on X, Y and Z, we do this, this and that. Well, <laughs> it's I mean, it's a little bit more complicated mm-hmm. when you're traveling because, you know, at, you know, at three on Tuesday, I could be on a plane, like, or, mm-hmm. you know, I could be driving or I could be in a different state or maybe the pastor wants to go out to eat at that time. So um, you have to learn to be consistent with a lot of inconsistency. And I think that's where people can struggle. Um, finding a balance and staying productive, um, uh, productive. And, and mind you, I did not say, uh, staying busy, staying productive, um, is something that's very important. Motives, motives as an evangelist, um, from, at least from, for me, uh, you need time to filter your motives. Um, I say that for everybody, but especially evangelists, because, um, um, you have to be careful that your that your ministry isn't built off of busyness, but it's built off of obedience. Uh, ministry is not built off of busyness; it's built off of obedience. And a lot of times, when you're evangelist, people gauge success, and it, it's and it's um, uh, it, by their own admission because of the questions that they ask you. They gauge success by how busy they are. You are. They they make questions like, "Oh, are you staying busy? Have you been preaching out a lot?" Have you been home as if that's been, that's a bad thing. Like if you're not preaching out a lot or, you know, it's a bad thing. And if you're staying busy, that's a good thing. That's not true. You know, obedience is what pleases us. God, what pleases God engages your successes and evangelists if you are being obedient. And I think Philip's ministry, uh, one of the only evangelists that's really highlighted in the scripture shows that he was just obedient to the Holy Ghost. And so, um, for me, uh, you know, I've kind of adjusted. Again, I'm single. I'm a single young guy. So, I mean, I could just kind of live it up. I could stay up late, drive along, you know. <laughs> you know, and so uh, so that's kind of what it's been like for me. But if you're a little bit more stable and you like the consistency, not that it can't be done, but uh, it is going to be uh, it, it's it's going to be something that you're going to have to balance. So. Uh, so that's what I would say with with traveling uh, and, and uh, take, you know, make sure take care of yourself as best as you possibly can. Uh, take care of yourself. Um, you are the only one who could steward your body. You're the only one who could steward your body. And I think it's something that we don't highlight. I'm going to throw. Well, I shouldn't. I'll leave that alone. Um, but you're the only one who could steward your body. And I'll leave it there. Next question. <laughs> uh, on top of what you mentioned uh, before, talking about traveling. And I remember one story in particular. This doesn't. Um, I don't know if it aids what you said, but it's just a fun story. Um, just to say, in, in any case, 
um, and I don't know if a lot of people have heard this because when Brother Kleinitz preached this story to us, it was at my church, so I don't know if anybody else has heard it or anything similar. I remember, and it's not very long at all, I remember um, he came off of traveling and came to preach at our church, I guess travel to preach at our church uh, in Florida, Souls Harbor, and he said he had been gone for two months and that him, I believe him and his wife, had been living out of their respective suitcases for two months. They had been traveling for two months. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, good Lord, how do you do that? <laughs> it feels like I go to, I go to camp or something for, for three days and I need, I need like three suitcases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I need a suitcase for a day. And I don't know. I've, I've heard stories of people, uh, ministers, I, I can't remember his name, um, but a minister that would travel with just to carry on with a suit and a shirt and pants or whatever, and just to carry on and just pretty much wear the same thing would maybe change the suit and tie or the shirt and tie and to me that's that's where you can uh once you figure out your system you can thrive and and do well yeah Uh, as far as i have i'm closing is there anything that i may have missed or maybe while we were speaking you thought of something that was you know that you didn't say or or could tag on with something i said um and you didn't feel like cutting in or whatever it may be is there anything that i've missed that you would like to mention and close out uh before uh we say our goodbyes uh no uh, the the only thing that i would the only thing that i would say is is that um you know uh grow grow where you're planted and i know that's that's a common phrase but but grow where you're planted and and and, and don't seek uh to make great sacrifice seek to be obedient um don't 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 seek to be great you know seek to be a servant um, and success and prosperity is found in just following the word of God. Um, that's it. Um, uh, we, we're, we're not, we're not soul savers. Uh, we're not church builders. Um, we're just sons and servants of the kingdom. Um, and if we will be consistent to abide in the vine through obedience, um, just to remain where he wants us to remain, uh, fruit will be the end product of that. And so um, wherever you are, uh, eliminate the notion um, we've, 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 cap, uh, we've, we've brought in an American concept to the kingdom of God and making it, you know, a place where um, you can climb ladders and find almost a sense of corporate success. And, uh, and I think we need to bring it back to the kingdom that, um, that, uh, uh, that success isn't seen in uh is the success isn't about how much you're seen uh success is found in how much you're willing to listen um Mm -hmm. and so uh, don't worry about catching everyone's eyes Um, just make sure your ears are attentive to god's mouth and and if you'll do that uh uh, one day uh, when we're in heaven um the greatest accolade uh the greatest platform uh the greatest honor that you'll ever be able to be given is that your father look at you and say well done uh, that good and faithful servant um, enter into the joy of the lord and so i uh, hope to see all of you guys there someday and uh you know i hope through mm-hmm. our obedience uh, that we'll see much more than just us uh, but a mighty harvest there as well i think you kind of closed it out for me you, you did a good job uh that's a very good way to end it i know i'm definitely of that mindset um of being a hard worker and getting to where you want to be. And I've heard people say that 
the American idea has bled into the church and talking about not what you talked about, but talking about how to quote microwave society, how you can do it quickly. And our time or like our mental time span is shortening of just like not wanting to wait. But what you mentioned is a different type of American uh, idea that's bleeding in and it's talking about if you work hard, you can move up. And that's not necessarily not true. That if obviously if you work hard, God will reward you and honor your sacrifice, but that you need to be patient and sit where you are when you need to. And everything that you just said, I don't want to recap what you just said, but everything you just said was, I think, perfect and a great way to end our wonderful conversation. Um, Thank you, Brother Marcus Baptiste. Uh, I hope to see you soon, maybe speak to you again uh, if anything ever comes up and uh, I need to interview you again. If you have anything, I'm open to having you on again and such a thankful honor and thank you for being here. No, definitely. All right, Harrison. Well, God bless and uh, hope to see you soon, bro.